With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back. I'm your host, Marshall St. Patrick Hewitt, one half the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. And this is another episode, another edition, another quick one. If you listen to our last episode, which I did, I think it was titled, Where Do the West Indies Women's Team Go From Here? Well, where they went was a victory versus Ireland with one ball to spare. Big up the West Indies women. Big up Captain Hayley Matthews leading from the front as ever. But what I also said in that video is that we're going to be trialing some kind of quick hit videos, um, you know, trying to get these ones done in 15 minutes, seeing if it makes any any difference whatsoever. I know you love the long-form content, but we're, we're going to try and mix it up, mix and match it up a bit. Um, as usual, quick admin. You can see, If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it scrolling below. You can find the Caribbean Cricket Podcast at Carib Cricket on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. Just search Caribbean Cricket Podcast. Um, like, share, subscribe. We're trying to get on the road to 5K YouTube subscribers. That can happen with your help. And of course, as ever, if you'd like to support the Caribbean Cricket Podcast, head to www.patreon.com forward slash Carib Cricket and you can help support the movement for as little as two of whatever your currency is wherever you are around the world. Every little bit helps support the movement. You are the sponsors. We don't have a major one. It's you alone. Uh, which could keep this going. So anyways, this particular episode, this quick one that I wanted to do, um, after the last video that I did, I got a message saying, when are you going to do a video on the announcement of Shea Hope and uh, Robin Powell as West Indies um, uh, respective ODI and T20 captains? Well, here it is. This is what it's going to be. But first things first, This one's going to be the short version. If you'd like to watch kind of the full in-depth analysis of what myself and Santoki believe about that, make sure you head to the West Indies on 99.94 DM 
YouTube channel. Just search 99.94DM. And we've got an episode coming out. If it's not today, at the time of recording, the 18th of Feb, it'll be tomorrow, the 19th of Feb. But just make sure you head there or keep an eye out on our channels. And we'll obviously post the links there as well, because we do go into a kind of massive in-depth analysis of the issue and what we believe. But this is my kind of quick video, just highlighting certain things I think the West Indies fan base should be thinking about as Hope and um, uh, Powell take on the leadership mantle for the white ball sides. But here's the first thing I actually want to say, and it's just a reminder. It's a reminder of something. We go back to May the 3rd, 2022, which is about, what, eight months ago. And Nicholas Puran was appointed West Indies men's ODI and T20 captain. And this is what director of cricket, um, Jimmy Adams said at the time, we believe Nicholas is ready for the challenge of leading our white ball teams, given his experience, performances and the respect he has within the playing group. The selection panel believes that Nicholas has matured as a player and were impressed with his leadership of both teams and Kyron Pollard had been absent. The experience he has gathered playing in various franchise leagues around the world was also a factor in the decision to recommend him for the T20 captaincy. Now, the reason why I start there is when Nicholas Puran was named ODI and T20 captain about eight months ago, within the Caribbean, lots of people try and claim otherwise now. Lots of people claim otherwise. But within the Caribbean, there were plenty of voices saying this is the right thing to do. Again, do not listen to those who will try and claim now with hindsight um, that, oh, I never wanted Puran as captain anyway. It was always destined to fail. I kept all of the receipts. I kept all of the receipts when Pollard was getting a fight down and people were saying he's the wrong person to lead West Indies. Pollard's not the right person. He's taken our cricket backwards. He's not a good leader, so on and so forth. I kept all the receipts. When, po when Puran was named, you can go back and watch episodes both on the Caribbean Cricket Podcast and on West Indies on 99.94DM where both myself and Santoki said we are concerned about what this might do to Puran. We, we wished him well, because both, both of us are fans of Nicholas Puran. We wished him well, but we raised grave reservations about what this might do to Nicholas Puran as both a player in, in and of himself, but also if Puran was ready for the level of vitriol and cuss out that comes with every defeat in West Indies cricket. Fast forward six months, we crash out of the T20 World Cup. Puran falls on his sword and says, you know what, I can't do this. I'm done with it. And I say this to say... Word of caution. As we anoint Shea Hope as the ODI leader and Rothman Powell as the T20 leader, I implore all cricket writers, all sports broadcasters, all people around the Caribbean and, and within the diaspora and the outside with any kind of vested interest in West Indies cricket, please do not see the fortunes of the West Indies white ball teams through the individual medium of these two players as captains. Because our issues in white ball cricket are much deeper than that. If you're listening to this and you're yet to read the independent report that was carried out uh, and commissioned, um, led by uh, Justice Patrick Thompson in conjunction with Mickey Arthur and Brian Lara. If you have not read that report as yet, you need to go and read it. Go back and listen to episode 79 of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on all the audio platforms where we spoke to uh, Justice Patrick Thompson in depth about that report. 
We read all 32 pages of that report, and it spoke in depth and in detail about several short-term, medium, and long-term changes that need to be implemented if West Indies white ball cricket is to change. So please, again, I implore you, if we acknowledge that that report has some key home truths in it about things that need to change in West Indies white ball cricket, you cannot see our fortunes changing just because we've now appointed Hope and Powell. We wish them well, just like we wish Puran well. But you have to acknowledge that just like Puran did, Hope and Powell are now taking on the poison chalice of leading our white ball teams. After Pollard stepped down, these are the respective records of our white ball sides under Puram. In T20 cricket, we played 15 matches and we won five of them. Those five victories came against... Oh, no, I've got that wrong, in fact. Oh, snap. Yeah, yeah, in 15 matches, we won five. And those five victories came two. I think two were against Bangladesh... One was against uh, Zimbabwe in the World Cup. And actually, off the top of my head, I can't even think what the last two... Oh, I think... Yeah, I can't even think what the last two were. I actually need to go back and look to remind myself. One second, people. Oh, one was against New Zealand and one was against India in series losses, okay? So, sorry, people. I kind of stumbled over my words. Let me repeat that again. After Pollard left, we played 15 T20 matches and we won five out of the 15. Two against Bangladesh, one against Zimbabwe in the World Cup, and one in a 4-1 series defeat to India, and one in a 2-1 series defeat to New Zealand. We haven't beaten anybody in a series, bilateral series, in T20 cricket since we beat England at the start of 2021. That's two years ago. In ODI cricket, We've played 15 matches since Pollard left as captain. We won four matches out of 15. Three of them were against the Netherlands, a series that I went and covered as the only Caribbean media that was in the Netherlands for the duration of that tour. So three of our four victories in OGI cricket in the last three years came against the Netherlands. And I say that not to disrespect the Netherlands, but to show people how much we have fallen in OGI cricket. The only other OGI game we have won in the last three years was uh, one game, I believe, against New Zealand in a 2-1 series defeat. I need to go and clarify that, but I believe we won one of them against New Zealand. We have won four ODI matches in three years. Three of them were against the Netherlands. So when we talk about where the West Indies white ball cricket is at, in essence, in the last two years of white ball cricket, you could argue we've only beaten Bangladesh in T20s and Netherlands in ODIs. This is the floor, right? This is what we call the floor of where we're at. So when we look at Hope coming in to take the ODI team forward and we look at Powell to take the T20 team forward, I think you have to start from the base of knowing, well, boy, we're starting from rock bottom. I don't mean that Puran took us to rock bottom, but we're starting from rock bottom. And I think everybody needs to accept that. I think everybody needs to acknowledge that. More pressingly, if we look at the ODI team in a tiny bit more detail, Shea Hope has a much harder job than Rothman Powell because Shea Hope is taking over with only one ODI series as preparation prior to our return to Zimbabwe to more than likely take part in the World Cup qualifiers in the summer, right? 
Those three ODIs will be against South Africa. They start in one month's time. We will not have a permanent head coach at that time. It will still be Andre Coley. So again, I think people need to be realistic. Yes, congratulations to Shea Holt, but he has three matches with an interim head coach, then no more ODI cricket, then likely World Cup qualifiers. The point I'm trying to get at people is we might not even be in the World Cup at the end of this year. The World Cup takes place in October in 2023. We might not be there. And if we don't get there, I want everybody to acknowledge now on the 18th of February that that's not Shea Holt's fault. He's coming in with little to no preparation time and we're almost hoping for a miracle. And one of the reasons why I say that is right now, if I said to you all, get a pen and a piece of paper and write down our best ODI side right now, no one can tell you what it is. No one can tell you because the side has lost so many matches. We don't actually know what our best ODI side is. I'm going to be doing videos on that coming up in the next few weeks or so, looking at what the composition of our white ball side should look like. But I don't think anyone can say off the top of their head what our best ODI side is. And do they trust that side to win to win matches on a regular basis? So Hope has a, a majorly difficult situation. He is that's why I'm saying he's walking in, he's walking into a poison chalice. For Rothman, the T20 World Cup takes place in the Caribbean and the United States in June next year. So Rothman has about a year and a half to get ready for this World Cup. He has got a much longer run in and run up to mold this squad in the way he wants it to. Like Hope. We don't have a permanent head coach yet. So we don't know if it's going to be Andre Coley. We don't know if it's going to be a new man. So we're almost in essence with our white ball sides in a bit of a flux here. Because until we know who our permanent head coach is, it's hard to say, well, Rothman, this is where we're going with the T20 side. And Shea, this is where we're going with the ODI side. Because if it's not Coley who gets the job permanently, a new head coach may come in with a brand new philosophy. And with hope, that philosophy has to kick in immediately at the, the World Cup qualifiers, at least with Rothman, he gets a year of bilateral series. We'll have a CPL and so on and so forth to try and work on what the philosophy for the West Indies men's team is going forward. So Powell has a tiny bit more of an advantage. But again, same issue that I said for Hope. Get a pen and a piece of paper and tell me right now, what is the West Indies T20 side? What is our side? And before people say, well, boy, this man, this man, this man, this man, you can't even write down someone like a Hetmeyer right now because we don't know where Hetmeyer's at. We don't know if he, this guy wants to play for West Indies. We don't know if Narayan wants to play for West Indies. So even with T20s, if I told people write the best side now, I'm not convinced people know what the best side is, much less the best ODI side, because we always have the issue with availability. So I kind of end this video then with this kind of, um, key takeaway. The fundamental key takeaway is, yes, congratulations, Shea Hope. Congratulations, Rothman Powell. But please do not see this, West Indies fans. Please, I beg of you, please do not see this as this is the golden fix now. We've got two new captains and they're both used to the respective formats. Rothman is, is locked in in T20s. Shea is our best ODI batter. He's locked in in um, ODIs. Things are going to get fixed now. Even with Shea, has Shea reasonably done enough at the regional level to say, yeah, he's a bad boy captain? 
he's he's captain the pride. I mean, they got to the semis. Did they get to the semis? I think they got to the semis or Super 50 under Shea's leadership. So he's got captaincy experience. Pollard groomed him for two years. And then somehow Puran jumped, like somehow Puran jumped over him and became old Jai captain. Don't know how, don't know why. And that's an issue in and of itself. But he was vice captain to Pollard. So technically, Shea's got experience. But of the two, Rovman's the one with the real winning experience. Rovman obviously captained Talawas to CPL title, captained Jamaica Scorpions to the Super 50 title. So in theory, when we talk about captaincy, Rovman is the one more suited to it. But that does not mean that we can look at either of them and say, this is going to fix our issues. We have a widespread myriad of issues in white ball cricket before we can ever look at a captain and say they're going to help us fix anything. So that's the key takeaway, people. Do not look at our fortunes through the prism of Shea Hope and Rothman Powell. They're just the next two to accept the poison chalice. And until we can fix the, the kind of intangibles that surround them. That means a permanent head coach with a philosophy that we're all comfortable as this is the philosophy we're now building in the white ball teams going forward. It means creating a Caribbean T20 tournament outside of CPL to help these players develop. It means as the independent report stated, creating a pool of 30 white ball players. This is what the independent report stated. Create a pool of 30 white ball players and say, you are the guys going forward. Where We consider you to be part of the elite pool of players. You are earmarked in of who we're working with to go forward both for the, the T20 World Cup next year in our, in our conditions in the Caribbean, but it should also apply to the ODI team. You are the key guys we're working with for ODI cricket, give or take one or two changes that kind of come with injuries and so on and so forth, right? All of those things need to be locked in. And if those things aren't, and that's just three things, I could have said some more, but if those things aren't locked in, there's nothing that Hope and Powell can do as captains of the West Indies. If we don't fix the outside intangibles surrounding them, there is nothing they can do. And in the said same way, how under Puran, we only won five out of 15 matches in T20s and four out of 15 matches in ODIs, that's not changing. If you don't give Hope and Powell and the brand new coach, whoever permanent coach, whoever that may be, the conditions to succeed, nothing changes in the long run. Absolutely nothing. As usual, get at me in the comments below. If you agree, if you disagree, uh, what do you think? Are you happy that it's Shea Hope? Are you happy that it's Rothman Powell? Do you think it makes an iota of difference to the fortunes of the West Indies white ball side? Some people look at England and be like, well, boy, when 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 Ben Stokes got the captaincy in, in, in Test cricket and then Brendan McCullum came along, look at the transformation that happened in Test cricket. But why I always say to things like that is England have more resources than us. They've got a, a more cohesive think tank than us. They don't have to work with territorial boards in different islands and nations who may not be joined up in their thinking to, to kind of lead to a greater good for West Indies cricket. So dead all that talk, dead all that talk. That doesn't apply to us. That's a different scenario altogether. 
fundamentally, though, if you're listening to this, watching this, whatever it might be, do you believe by just appointing hope and Powell that anything tangible can change? And then on top of that, what do you even consider our best ODI and T20 squad? And finally, and this links back to the, the independent report that was commissioned, can we even go forward in ODI and T20 cricket if we don't sit with first and foremost the players who, I'm going to call it this, and I have to be mindful of what I'm saying, are more difficult players to engage. And with I say this with respect, Evan Lewis, Andre Russell, Sunil Narain, Shimron Hetmeyer. Let's just start with those four. Can we move forward in either or both formats of those uh, of uh, of those white ball cricket of white ball cricket if we do not sit down and engage with those four first and foremost and say where is your head at do you still want to represent the West Indies and how do we make this happen because neither of our white ball sides are in any position to ignore them and just say you can't help us because they're clearly talented what do we do to engage, re-engage them and make them come together as a cohesive whole so that all of the best talent in the region is ready to represent the West Indies? I've been Mashal St. Patrick Hewitt. This has been another episode edition, a short one, of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. Get at me in the comments below. You know how I do. I'll always reply, share, like, subscribe to the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. Peace. <laughs>